0: Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus.
1: Sunday, for about five minutes, we're asking someone in each generation to come up here and preach for a few minutes, share what God has been doing in their hearts, share a scripture that's been on their heart. Now, you're going to see all generations up here, but today, because it's Camp Sunday, I thought we're going to start with one of the youngest generations. So, Pastor Joel, can you bring up your son? (laughs) This is Jace Housing. Now, Jace has preached here often. Um, after church and back in his young years, I mean, he's pretty big now, but Jace member after church, you, you would preach and preach and, preach and preach and preach and preach and preach. And we'd have to stay here till like two o'clock. Now you get to do it during the service. Are you ready? All right. He's
0: ready. Yeah. All right. Good morning to everyone, right?
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
0: They're gonna stand here. So where do you man, what do you want to, Jace? What were we gonna to talk to everybody about this morning?
1: David and Goliath. David
0: and Goliath. <laughs> now do you think it, do you want to ask, does anybody know that story, or do you think you need to tell them? You
1: wanna ask them the question. Do you know David and Goliath? Yeah.
0: All right, buddy, preach it up. Do you remember we, we practiced it? You know how to do it. So turn into your Bibles
1: to 1 Samuel,
0: what chapter again?
1: Um, 17? Mm -hmm. All right, how does it go? Who was there? Who was that?
0: Remember? (laughs) You can tackle anybody in this room if you want to. That's fine. Remember, how did it all start off? Who was David? David, was he? What was he?
1: Before. You, you, David was a little boy.
0: hmm He was a shepherd boy, and what did he do? He was going to bring his brothers what?
1: He's going to bring his brothers food, but the brov- the, the his brothers said, "We, you can't come here. You'll get killed by Goliath."
0: Right. But what did David say? What did David say? He didn't do that, right? He <laughs> what did What did he do? Do you remember? Remember he heard Goliath? What was Goliath doing?
1: Wah, ha, ha, ha. Wah, ha, ha.
0: <laughs> And what did he say? What did David say? Was he scared of, was he scared of Goliath? Do you want somebody to be a Goliath? <laughs> oh, do you want me to be a Goliath? Okay, I'll be a Goliath, all right? Ha, ha, ha. You come at me with the sti- sticks and stones you're gonna have to talk they can't hear you bud remember How about we do a different one Let's talk about this sorry folks we were ready for this let's talk about this remember what was what what was what is love what is love
1: no David
0: David and Goliath. All right, we got about two more minutes, buddy. So we got to do this, big guy.
1: Um,
0: you're gonna be David, right? Goliath just said you come at me with sticks and stones.
1: He come at me in sticks and stones.
0: No, that's what I said. Now you're David. What do you come at me with?
1: I come at you in the of the Lord God.
0: Yes. And so what did he do? I come <laughs> at you in the name of the Lord God. I will defeat you. I will feed your carcasses to the birds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 and then they <laughs> changed and his windshield and put a lock on there. And he locked it live in the forehead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then, would we would we celebrate?
1: Uh, they said, and um, David was a hero."
0: David was the hero. Good job, buddy. Here, come this way. You want to go grab your Bible for a sec? Grab your Bible.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. All right, buddy. Good job, big guy. That was your first time in front of. Look at all these people. They all they all loved it.
1: So look at it. They all loved it.
0: you want to say anything else before you got to go back to Kid Nation? Um, Did you want to do your song?
1: Does anybody want to do a song? All
0: right. How does it go?
1: Read your Bible, play every day, play every day, pray. every day. Read your Bible, play every day. Just go, go, go and then (laughs) don't read your Bible every day you start to stink stink (laughs) 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 right, come on on, on. for those that didn't hear that if
0: you don't read your Bible and don't pray every day you start to stink stink (laughs) (laughs) that's good job that's that's our version good job buddy oh thank you dude awesome buddy hey you want to grab your Bible and you got to go back to Kid Nation so you can get all your bucks Good job, big guy. Thank you, dude. All right, there you go, everyone. And now that's really wet, so that's fun. (laughs) That is our uh, our bedtime song. If you don't read your Bible, don't pray every day. You start to stink, stink, and you know the end part. So that's really our goal in life is we don't want to make sure we don't forget about our Bibles, boys, and that's what we do. So this morning, if, uh, you know, we're going to continue on, you know, I've been praying about this week, what we're going to be talking about. And again, just to kind of echo Jamie, just before, just want to say thank you so much for all those that helped, that served and just reached out to this community in a very powerful way. It was awesome. And those that you were there, you could agree, right? It was good stuff. It was, man, it was fantastic. Top notch camp. And man, it was all free, right? We did it because of all of us together on that. So I want to say a big thank you for that. Uh, this morning if you 've got your bibles i 'd like you to turn with me to First Corinthians chapter ten, and uh, you know and again in praying about this going this going this week uh, and you know i just couldn 't get off this Christian killer thing yet, and uh, i 'm going to just keep following the Lord in it because it's well it 's the best thing to follow him and uh, One of the things I want to talk about about today is just one of the Christian killers is unthankfulness, and now actually that is robbing people left, right, and center, and so I want to just take some time just to talk about that a little bit. And uh, we'll get out of the moan zone this morning, all right? Okay, so if you've got your Bibles, First Corinthians chapter 10, and I have verses 10 and 11 on the screen, but I want to read it to you from verse 1 so you get the full scope of what uh, the Apostle Paul is bringing out here. It says this in verse 1, as I'm reading from the New Living Bible. It says, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them And all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. Now, who is he talking about? The Israelites, right? The children of Israel once they left Egypt. And I said, I don't want you to forget them. Now, this is New Testament, right? Now, he's saying, I don't want you to forget about these guys. And you're going to find out here in a sec why. In verse 2, in the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food. And all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Verse 6, these things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did, or worship idols as some of them did, as the scriptures say. The people celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry, and we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Verse 9, "...nor should we put Christ to the test, as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble, as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as an example for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age." Now, really, what we're seeing here is this is a type of foreshadow. We're actually to keep in remembrance what happened to the children of Israel. And we, we can spend so much time looking at what they did, how come they didn't enter the promised land, and all these different things. But well, one of the main things that I want to point out in here in verse 10, it says this again, And don't grumble, as some of them did, and then they were destroyed by the angel of death. Why were they destroyed? Grumbling, complaining unthankfulness, whining. Now, I don't know, but those are easy words to read your Scripture, and all of a sudden blink over, right? This is the word grumble. Oh, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. And especially if you take the time and you read through the book of Numbers, I encourage you, if you got some time, go through the book of Numbers. It's you know not a very you know, happy book in the sense that you see all the stuff that goes on. But you can see over and over again, there was a certain cycle that happened all the time. God did something for the children of Israel. They got excited for about a day or two, and all of a sudden they started to complain, grumble, and complain. And you know, in Numbers 11, right in the first four verses, it says the Israelites complained about their hardships, eating the same manna every day. Now they're in the wilderness, they're eating the same thing every day. Now anybody ever complain you're eating the same thing every day? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> You've been there, okay. Well, he goes on to say, the result of that was a fire raged among them and destroyed some outside the camp. Now just from complaining, now I want you to think about that. All of a sudden you start grumbling and complaining, A big fire just lights up around your house. (laughs) That's quite quite scary. Numbers chapter 12. It talks about Aaron and Miriam complained about Moses, their leader, and the woman he married. (laughs) What happened to them? What happened to Miriam's skin? She got leprosy. God heard it. He was not happy. He left it. Miriam was full of leprosy. Then you look at Numbers chapter 13 and 14, we know that to be about the promised land. right? This is the verse that the Lord gave us for this past year about moving forward. You see, what God, what, what God wanted to do is to take him into this promised land. They hear all about it, you know, Moses sends spies into the camp and they get excited, this is really what it is, but there's giants in the land and this is what we're going to do. And you know, the ten spies raised up everybody to start complaining about Moses complaining about the uh, Joshua and Caleb and God heard all of it and what was the result of everybody from that generation? What happened? They died in the wilderness. Why because of grumbling and complaining? Now, I don't think we understand how big of a deal this actually is. And so when you read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul's bringing it back. He said, don't forget about these people. They're an example for us that live in these last days. Because again, as we read last week, 2 Timothy chapter 3, talks about in these end days, these last days that we live in, it will be very difficult. What will be difficult? And it lists off people will be lovers of money rather than self. And it actually says there in the Bible, they will be ungrateful. Now, this isn't talking about... You know the world, they already live in that state. It's talking about church folk. Now when I see that, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that my life is living a life, total gratefulness, where I am thankful no matter what comes my way, no matter where state I'm in, I'm a thankful person. Right? Let's talk about this. So, complaining, if you just look up that simple word, what does it mean to complain? It means to express dissatisfaction or annoyance about anything. Read that again. Complaining simply means to express dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. Before I go on, Philippians chapter two verse fourteen, Paul also gives these words. Now this is Bible, y'all. So you're just gonna have to do something with this. I don't know what you do with some of these scriptures that you read. You kind of go, I well, will just blink over and I look for the good stuff. This is all in here. Philippians two fourteen, Paul says this: Do everything without complaining and arguing. This isn't just for your children. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Can we just say that together? Do everything without complaining or arguing. Ah, yeah, but it's so fun. Complaining, yeah, we'll get into this. Let's let's talk a little bit about this stuff because what I want to discuss this morning, I want to talk about leaving the moan zone into the thankful zone. Because you can only be in one place at one time. You can't be both in the moan zone and the thankful zone. You are living in either one area or the, not, or, or the other. So let's talk a little bit about this moan zone. And uh, <laughs> this is gonna get fun, here we go. The, what, what is the moan zone or why is the moan zone or the ungrateful life a dangerous place to be? Number one, let's just pretend this is the moan zone just here on, on my left, your right. The moan zone here. Number one, if living in this moan zone, the first thing that it creates is an entitlement attitude. And I got things that are entitled to me. Man, I'm on this earth. Everything belongs to me just because I'm here on planet earth. This world owes me stuff. You know, I, I sent Jamie... <laughs> I saw this funny clip a couple days ago. Uh, it was just a little clip from Conan O'Brien. Everybody heard of him tonight's show? And they had this guy on there. I can't remember this gentleman's name, but he was... It, it was funny, but it was it was straight. This guy, his whole thing was on, I think he did an article or some sort, that everything in the world is amazing, but people are still angry. And just talking about, you know, this is what we have, like, this is all the cool stuff we have. And one of the things that he really discusses is that now, talking about air travel, people can travel across the world in a period of a day. It's amazing. And he just used the example, like, I flew from, you know, New York to Los Angeles in five hours. Back in the day, that would take 30 years to get to. All of a sudden, you you do that trip, you're a totally different family from the time you left to the time you got there. Some people died even on the way. It's just different, right? And he said, so I'm sitting in this airplane, he's giving this example, I'm sitting on this airplane, and at this point, at this time it was going on, the high speed internet was the newest thing on air travel. Right, you can be in the air, and he describes all this, you're sitting in a chair in the sky, and you are traveling. And now you have high speed internet. You're connecting to everything. And all of a sudden, the internet went out. And the guy looked at him, just freaking out, like, oh, are you serious? Come on. And at this point, he just found out that high speed internet just existed. But what created is this entitlement attitude. Why isn't the internet working? And you know, you kind of, I should post it so you can see it a little bit later. But he said one of the things that we should be doing as people is that air travel, you should be sitting on a plane the entire trip going, oh, Whoa, this is crazy. You are sitting in a seat 50,000 feet in the air, 30,000 feet in the air, flying across the planet. Wow. And yet we have all these amazing things, but people are still unhappy. And I think Jamie was just even telling me about something too about, you know, for businesses and marketing type, type things, the way that you have to market now, we got everything, Now the way that they have to market is that if you don't have this, you will die. That's basically the only tool that these guys have because they have to make it so amazing that it's going to appeal to you because we got everything. So what happens again if we're living in this moan zone and entitlement attitude? Everything that's around here is mine. The world owes me stuff. My family owes me stuff. My job, my boss, they owe me something for being at work on time. What? (laughs) anyways we won't continue on down that road but the moan zone it creates an entitlement attitude the second part about the moan zone is that the focus is on you and what you don't have this is how subtle it is this is how quiet and sneaky it is in these last days people will be ungrateful why because the focus will start to be on themselves and what they don't have i don't have this i don't got that why is everything so difficult it's not But your perception on it is because you're stuck in this zone and this is what you're seeing. Thirdly, just straight up it attracts the devil. Straight up. He likes that kind of talk. Fourthly then, it stops you from seeing and hearing as God sees and hears. Totally isolates you from it. Now what I want to talk a little bit about is leaving the moan zone and getting to the thankful zone because you know this, there is a process from here to here. Right, that takes some time because here, nobody needs training to be c- complaining. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Remember, as kids, what did your parent, your you know, somebody gave you something? They gave you a toy, or they gave you a little bit of money for a birthday, or something like that. What did your parents always say? What do you say? What do you say? Why well, it's training. We got to train this in people. What do you say? Where's the rest of it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've only said that once, but (laughs) it was last year and I'm over it now, okay? (laughs) But you're constantly trained, but again, they're in the moan zone, there requires no actual training, you're just, this is just a natural tendency, the natural flow of all human existence is to go in the moan zone, well this isn't enough, why do I have this, why is this happening, I don't understand, this just isn't fair, over and over and over again, it it requires no training. So when you want to make this crossover from the moan zone into the giving thanks zone, it takes effort. It's gonna require some effort for you and I. Okay. What is the major point of this effort is that it's gonna require me to think. <laughs> what? Think. I ever tried that before? In order to move over, because one of the things that we don't do a whole lot of is actually taking time to think. And this is what thankfulness actually does. It makes you stop, look around, see what's going on, observe, maybe take a step back, observe your life of what's going on and being thankful for what you do have. Because let me just talk to you about so we know the moan zone, we know it's all over there, but on the other side of it, living in the thankful zone, it now creates a heart that is content and in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6 it says godliness with contentment is a great gain. It's a great thing. It's good to be contented with what you got. It's a wonderful place to be. You're happy, you're excited. Everything's going well over here because you're aware of what you actually have. Secondly, being in the thankful zone, it gets the focus off of myself and off of my situation and onto God and what He has already done. Thirdly then, this is where the blessings of God are. The blessings of God are in the thankful zone. They're not in the moan zone. And lastly, I want to mention is that in the thankful zone, I'm in now position to see and hear as God sees and hears when I'm in this place do you know how much easier it is to hear from God when I already have a thankful heart when I'm a thankful person it is that much easier to see that much easier to hear that much easier to flow with the Lord people wondering what's going on how come I can't hear from God how come I can't see what's going on in my life it may be your thankfulness is turned down so what is the process? Now going from, again, talking about an entitlement attitude in the moan zone, going to a content heart. How do I go from entitlement to content and thankful? Thankfulness is the bridge. How do I switch over for a life that is all about me to a life about God and others? Thankfulness. Come on, say it with me. Thankfulness. Thirdly he goes on to say, a life out of darkness and chaos and just, you know, a life where the devil is able to get ruins of you, how do I transfer over to see the blessings of God in my life? Thankfulness. And again, lastly, a life of not seeing and hearing God to now seeing and hearing God in full bloom? thankfulness. This is not anything new. You know this already. I'm just giving you a heads up again on it. This is vital for you and I, especially in the times that we're living in. But for you as a family, for you as an individual, for you as a, you know, a citizen of Red Deer, moving over from the moan zone into the thankful zone will save your life. It will absolutely move you from destruction onto a pathway we're now seeing clearly. It's living a life of thankfulness. And I want you to go with me. Romans chapter 1. Because this is one of the things that I've, I've told you this a little bit of, about my own personal life that I'm looking at going into. Is I, I've been talking to the Lord about, you know, there's, there's so much going on in the world. There is so many arguments on Facebook. There is so many tweets that are, people are just getting angry, upset. It's just wild out there. And I've been talking to the Lord, I want to be your friend. I want to be a friend of God. I want to be somebody who sides in with Him automatically. You don't have to, you don't, God, you don't have to twist my arm to get me to go anywhere. No, Lord, I trust you. I believe you completely. Your way is the right way. I want to go that way. I want to be your friend. And so one of the things that I've been seeing in my own life is I want to live a life full of God. Anybody else want to do that? Live a life that's completely full of Him. No matter where I am, no matter what squeezes me, no matter who I come in contact with, but they are going to experience the goodness of God through my life. I want that. I want a life that's full of Him. And in Romans chapter 1, this lays out a very, very strong picture of what we see, the culture and the generation that we are now currently living in. And if you look at verse 18, I think I have it on the screen, it says this, and this is all talking, right, before, previous to this, he's talking about the gospel. Everybody say the gospel, is it's the good news, Right? It's good news how God made you righteous through Christ Jesus. All you have to do is believe what Jesus did on the cross, and God calls you righteous. So amongst all that, now he says all that, then he goes on and he lists, writes down the rest from 18 verse third through 31. And he says, But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now notice what they do. They suppress the truth by wickedness. They know... The truth about God. Why? Because He has made it obvious to them. So people, I've heard this argument say, well, what about people that have never heard of the name of Jesus before? Impossible. How do I know? Well, the v- verse says right here. Everybody will know and encounter the truth of God. Why? Because God is making it obvious to them. That's good news. It's not you and I Go. well, what about the people in those little jungles that never heard of the gospel? Everybody on earth will hear it. Look at verse 20. He goes on to say, For ever since the world was created, people have have seen the earth and sky uh, through everything God had made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power, and His divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing Him. God has made it available. Everybody sees it. Now notice this. Yes, they knew God. But here it is, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They wouldn't even give him thanks. Why? I got it. I can do things. I don't need him. I got it. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Can you see this in our generation? You can, can you see this? Claiming to be wise, what happened? They instead became utter fools. Oh man, verse 23. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Uh, Do I have any more? Is that it? Should I just read the rest of it to you all? Because I don't want to leave you hanging. Verse 24. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired, as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself who was worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with other, each other. And men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they all deserved. Now you keep going down there. You read all through this. I better finish it off. I don't want to leave you hanging. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand. That's a big one. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do those things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway, worse yet they encourage others to do them too. This is a huge problem. But where does it all begin? Unthankful. If you if you go back all the way, I think what is that, verse twenty one? Yeah, verse 21, it starts all the way at the very top. So this, what I just read out here, talks about homosexuality. Now, does God hate these people? Absolutely not. He loves them. He wants to embrace them. But where did it all start going wrong? Where they heard about God, they saw God, they knew God did all this, but they refused to credit God for His work. What happened? They became unthankful. This is just, this is the beginning state for all darkness In your mind, to go down the wrong path is an unthankful heart. An unthankful heart will lead you down a path that you do not want to end up. I know that. I've met a few of these guys that have came out of this, I'm talking about homosexual lifestyle, now out of it, and now they are the most grateful people I've ever talked to. Again, I told you about this one young guy that I met this past year when I spoke at a young adults conference in Edmonton wonderful. This guy came out and he started talking to me about what God did in his life. And man, this guy is just, man, I'm so thankful to God. I'm so thankful to God. This is what he did. His life has totally changed out of the moan zone into the thankful side. You can see this guy living. And now what's happening? It's not just darkness clouding his mind. He can now see clearly now what God is doing, but it all begins where? A thankful heart. Now what would happen to you and I as Christians, if we leave the thankful zone and we end up in the moan zone again, darkness, it starts leading into darkness. Well, how come I don't have this? How come I didn't get that? Why is God leading me out? It's not about any of that. you got to get over to the thankful side. God's got no favors. He'll bless you as much as anybody else. You're His kid. He wants to do it. But as long as we stay in this state of unthankfulness, it leads us down a dark path that you do not want to go. So everybody say, thankfulness. This is so vital in the Christian life. In fact, Ephesians 5.4 says, thankfulness, this is now our dialect. This is how we speak. The Message Bible says this is now how we talk. This is our course of the communication. We no longer, you not know, do these coarse jokes and all this that he lists off. And he says, instead, voice your thankfulness to God. This is now how we talk. When people go on you say, how are you doing, man? I'm so thankful today. Look what I, the sun came up this morning. This is the rain came out again today. I'm thankful. But it's a state that we live in. It's a zone that we live in. What zone are you staying in? It's totally up to you. Nobody, no matter how bad the situation is, can put you in the moan zone. You put yourself there. I don't want you, but I'm coming out of that. I'm getting in the blessing zone. I want to be in the thankful zone. I want to be here. Are we doing okay? I'm not going to get too much more into this. That's come for a different time. I want to talk about thankfulness. So what we're talking about, especially as believers, as Christians, maybe those that maybe you don't know Jesus yet, this is the lifestyle of Christianity is to be a thankful individual. Be a thankful person. All right. I I love this too. And one thing that I'm, in my own journal, I wrote this down. God never designed for us to live an up and down life with Him. Where everything, oh man, I had this experience with God. I went to this conference. I went to this meeting and whoop. Oh yeah, everything's good. Everything's awesome. Only to find out two days later, circumstances come. (laughs) Everything's just so miserable. Everything's just so hard. He never designed for you to be up and down. It was never His plan. Why he wanted you to be full of him, how? Voicing thankfulness to him on a daily basis. Did you know I'm getting closer and closer to God because I'm just being thankful throughout the day. Yeah. Lord, thank you that I'm able to go for a walk in warm weather today. Small, small stuff that you would kind of go, is that, like, I don't even think about that. Well, now start thinking about it. Lord, thank you that we got chairs to sit on. Yeah. We kind of thought, we took all these chairs out for, this, for the kids, I'm like, this is a very actually small room. It doesn't feel like until you take all the chairs out. We had all about 200 kids sitting all over the floors. Like I'm thankful that as adults we don't have to sit cross-legged, and stare up. Aren't you thankful for chairs? Like all these little details, you have no idea. It's not just okay, okay, God, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. It's not about God needs to hear your thankfulness. It's about positioning yourself to receive and see more. That's all that it is. So God's not like be thankful or else. No. He's trying to get you into a position in a state to see more, hear more, experience more of Him. That's what He longs to do. Can you see that? Okay. Everybody still okay? <clears throat> okay. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, and in the midst of everything, in the midst of it all, be what? Always giving thanks. Why? Because this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. You're in Him. So when we voice our thankfulness, man, you're going to experience more and more. This is His life. Cool. Next thing I want to mention is, thank you now is the password into God's presence. Now the same way, any of you you got passwords to get into your online banking? Anybody got that? You got passwords to get onto your social media? Anybody got that? What happens when you forget your password? It's the worst thing in the world. I I get it. I understand that. There is nothing worse than you're trying to log into a banking thing or something like that. And is it this? Is it a capital in front of it? Do I have to put an exclamation point at the end? And they want you to throw throw in all these points, a comma and all this kind of... They want you to throw it all in there. So now I have these humongous passwords and I don't know what it is. I can't remember. And all of a sudden, when you type in a password, it comes up wrong. What comes up? Well, yeah, after so many times blocked out, please call customer service for more help. No, I'm not phoning you. <laughs> it's not what I do with my phone. My phone's for texting, not calling. <laughs> what comes up? Access denied, right? Wrong password. Well for some reason I think believers have been entering the wrong password to get into God's presence. They come in with whining, complaining, oh God why? And they think that God is going to jump all over that. Know what what should pop up on your screen? Wrong password. Wrong password. And what's so good about God is he never says access denied. But there is a wrong password. We have got to get this. There is a wrong password. The password is not even, God, why do you always... God, why, this is just not fair. Over and over and over God's presence, there is a certain way to get in. What's the password? Access granted. Come on in. And just think about it. How do you want people approaching you? When all of a sudden, you know, I I like to start off the day right when my kids get out of bed in the morning. I don't go, oh, good to see you finally woke up. And I don't want them... To come and say, oh boy, I'm just so hungry. No, we start the day off right. Good morning, it's so good to see you. It starts the day off right. So let me just show you this. Psalm 100 in the Passion Bible. It says, lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it. Everyone, everywhere. Woo! This should just come out of you. When you get in the joyful zone and the thankful zone, this is just normal. As you serve Him... Be glad and worship Him. Sing your way into His presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God. It's a privilege. Oh, man. For He is our Creator, and we belong to Him. We are the people of His pleasure. Verse 4 says, you can pass through His open gates with the password of praise, come right into His presence with how? With thanksgiving." thanksgiving. How do you come into His presence? Thanksgiving. How do you come into His presence? Thanksgiving. How do you come into His presence? Thanksgiving. What is thanksgiving? It means you give thanks. Right? Lord, I want to just thank you so much. This is a good day. Lord, thank you that I'm alive. I thank you that my wife is alive. I'm thankful that my kids are alive, that they're strong, that they're healthy. Lord, thank you for this bed I just woke out of. This is awesome. Lord, I'm thankful for this 25-pound blanket. God, what a great idea you gave somebody. I love it. Start off that way, right? You go into the shower. Thank you, God, for hot water and soap. Dear Lord, people would be stinking up this whole joint if we didn't have soap. So what am I? I'm thankful for soap, but listen—all these small things. You don't even realize how it's positioning you. You're just, you're just sliding over. You're not maybe not even realizing it. And all of a sudden, you're in this place, and the goodness of God just overwhelms your heart on a regular basis through the ordinary things. And it watch it change your mood. It changes you. I'll give you a quick example of a. So yesterday morning, I had a, you know, um, the, the boys were up early. Because you always think when they go to bed late, we had camp the night before, so everybody went to bed around nine thirty, ten o'clock. you think that they'd sleep in at least till 7.30. Give me 7.30. Show me 7.30! <laughs> and all of a sudden, I can, I can hear, for some weird reason, I can hear their door opening. My door's closed. I can hear their door opening. I can hear the footsteps come in. I can hear my door open up. And I can hear, Papa, is it 7? <laughs> so I... Graciously slap my my Apple watch so I can see the time. 603. (laughs) Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know, one time we we were so sleep deprived. One time Jamie actually spoke to the mountain of sleeplessness. This girl, I don't even know if that even exists, but that she was so exhausted. Jace, was, Jace never slept. Jace didn't sleep at all. But I remember we were in this tiny place in Radium, and all of a sudden around 4 o'clock in the morning, he starts wah, wah, doing his thing or you know, whatever, and Jenny, <laughs> she stood up because he, he was in the bathroom door because we were in this tiny little shack in this thing, and she just like... And, Sleepless as you, mountain of sleep. I cast you into the sea, this boy. You are gonna sleep. You are gonna go to bed right now in Jesus' name. And she's doing it whispering. But man, this girl's got authority. <laughs> a few minutes later, quiet. So I said, the mountain of sleepness is a thing. I said, Jamie, write a book there's still thousands to parents all over the world <laughs> there is a mountain of sleeplessness and we cast that sucker into the sea and we slept for another four, two hours, we are up at six instead hmm. anyways talking about lack of sleep, that's what I had last night so you gotta excuse me <laughs> I get bolder at lack of sleep so we got up early this yesterday morning, we're now walking and we, you know, when Jason Max and myself, we go on walks, it's we're the honey badger team. Beats me. But we go out there and we are looking to kill the wolves and the dragons. So, no matter what, anybody that walks by is a bad guy. So, people walk by early with their dogs and say, Papa, don't talk to that guy. He's a bad guy. And meanwhile, the guy's just like, like Sorry, you just, you are just, a, I'm sure you're really friendly, but right now you are a bad guy. I'm going to have to kick your dog. I'm just. I'm just and so we go off into this, you know, this crazy place and we're going up these mountain dunes and there's like tons of you know, like high, high mountains of dirt. And so finally, I like, okay boys, we've got to go back because we've been out for about two hours at this point. Let's go back. Honey badger dad is done. I've, I've killed all the dragons I'm going to do. Let's, let's go home. So he started walking back and I said, okay boys, follow me. Let's go this way. Jace decided to take a little sideway adventure because he thought he saw a dragon. So Jace jumps off the top, one of those little dirt piles, and he thinks it's, you know dry mud underneath. He goes knee-deep into my sinking sand mud. My first reaction, I told you to follow me. It's going to lose my mind. So And I had about you know, a good, probably the distance length of this place to, to walk back. So during that time, I had a choice. Why doesn't a kid ever listen to a word that i got to say? What is wrong with him? There are so many issues that I have to work through with this. Or, <laughs> flesh wanted to go there. Or, God, I'm thankful that it's not raining today. I'm, Lord Jesus, thank you for my two boys who listen so well to their dad. And so after a time, it took me, you know, from there to there to get in the right zone. When I got in this right zone... I was able to make a light joke out of it and say at the same time, boys, but I need you to listen rather than just disciplining out of anger and rage and just what is wrong with you, which is what I wanted to do. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to be there, but instead, no, Lord, I'm so thankful that I can actually go look at all this space that I can walk with my boys safely. This is awesome. Thank you for this. It changed my heart. So now when I disciplined, it was out of love. And at the same time, I was able to make joke and you know, throw them in there a little bit more it's a totally different way of approaching it. Can, can you see that? But most time, we just get over here and why are you always like this? And you're wondering why your house is chaotic? Unthankfulness is a Christian killer. It is robbing your peace. It is stealing your joy. You don't even realize how much joy you should be having until you don't have it. And when you experience it, man, I ain't going back there. It takes effort to get here. I understand. It, it, you don't want to do this. This isn't always fun, but it leads to great joy. <laughs> do I want to be thankful? No. I'd like for summer to be a little bit hotter, but it's, see, it's so easy to be over here. And so and what does everybody talk about? How are you doing? And they instantly are right here. And they wonder, how come my life is going a downhill spiral? It's because you live here. Move over. And how do I move over? I'm going to be thankful, so I'm in this blessing zone. Amen. I didn't finish Psalm, Psalm verse 5, 100 verse 5. It says, for the Lord is always, what? And He's ready to receive you. He's ready. The moment you get into the zone, He's ready for you. He's calling you over out of that moment zone. Come on over, baby. When you get here, we're going to enjoy each other. He, he's so loving that it will amaze you so kind that it will astound you and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted. Everybody knows that. Is there a verse 6 on that? No, oh, no. For he keeps his promises to every generation. That's who he is. is that it? I want you to go now, Romans chapter 12, verse 1-2 in the Message Bible. I want you to see this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday every day, every day your ordinary life Say ordinary life. Because for some reason, I know for myself, I always thought that life was just this extraordinary adventure all the time. Do you know what I did yesterday? Nothing. Do you know what it did to me? Drove me nuts. Because i got to do something. i, I, I got I to produce. I have to do, 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 do. And Jamie even told me, sit still. And she gave me a book, and she put me outside and said, Read. Okay, now what? I read a page. Now what? took me half an hour. Now what? (laughs) I'm learning all this to slow it down a little bit. Slow down. And at the same time, your ordinary life. Not everybody lives on these top of the mountain experiences all the time. I get that. So this is why he says your ordinary life. You're eating, you're sleeping, you're going to work and walking around life. Me walking around Laredo, you know, kicking rocks. rock, do, 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 just, you know. God, thank you, there's a rock I can kick. Yeah, no, don't. don't know. It's a lifestyle. And place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you, is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Wow. No. You don't even realize that we just Christians are just hanging out over here and we're just so well adjusted to this culture we don't even realize it how's things going Facebook's asking me how I am I'm horrible <laughs> and hoping that somebody will just cope with us listen I, I am never going to respond to that junk oh it must be so difficult man, suck it up man. move over get out of here move on over now my God, talking to me of being empathetic and symb- I understand that completely but if you want help you gotta get out because as long as you mellow in here, guess who you're going to attract? Fellow moaners at your service and everything's just horrible. Everything just sucks and my job sucks. My boss is just bad and my my wife is ridiculous. My kids are even worse. It's just, it's a whole cycle. And then they hang around each other and they talk about how bad life is and you think, yeah, I'm justified because I'm not as bad as that person. No, you're all bad. Get out because there's a whole another way of living where we're over here and now we are just a thankful people. If something didn't go well for you, staying here is going to kill you. It's going to rob you of your joy. You're not getting any direction from God. And you're going, what's going on? Why is my life like this? It's going to stay that way until you come out. Don't expect, God. Oh, what's going on? No, God is not going to just rip you out and say, "Now you be thankful. You have to position yourself for it. You got a position. Right here is where I'm going to stay. Nobody. Everybody say, Nobody. No thing is going to take me out of this thankful place and into the moan zone. I ain't going there. You can read Romans chapter 1. That's exactly why I'm not going down that path. Thinking I'm wise, stupid. <sighs> that was for Herb. <laughs> you fit into your culture that without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it Unlike the culture always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops wealth for maturity in you. That's where we're going. Amen. Last thing I want to mention on this is now thankfulness is a power weapon. Not only is it the password into the presence of God, but it's a power weapon. God gave you The most unfair advantage to destroy everything hell tries to bring your way, and it's praise. It's thanksgiving to God. He gave it to you. This is like the bazooka of all bazookas. If you want to destroy anything that's trying to come your way, you know how you do it? You do it with praise. You do it with thankfulness. And Aaron did such a great job just flowing with the Holy Ghost. Just, this is who you are to me, God. And start worshiping from that perspective. This is who we are. Lord, thank you but you can see this I think I got a verse on there is that right guys? Um, my wife just texts me thank God for
1: tacos
0: (laughs) 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 for those of you that don't know I'm not a big taco guy no thank you on the El Taco but uh, Lord I'm thankful for the cow that produced the taco meat I'll start there. (laughs) Got to start some way. Don't just force that taco down my throat. I'm going to start somewhere. (laughs) Thankfulness is a power weapon. Romans, or sorry, Psalms 8 verse 2. It says this, You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. The kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Praise does that. How do you shut the devil up? Now notice this, like this, of all the praise, that God sits in the heavens and there's angels that sing around His throne worshiping Him on a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week thing. It never stops. It's continuous. Holy, holy, holy. And listen, their music is a lot better than what we got here. (laughs) They're singing amazing and they're worshiping God. Yet it's not even the angelic beings that cause all this. What is it? He says, from the mouth of babies... That's why we put worship music on with our kids from the moment we wake up. Every opportunity that we're in the kitchen together, we have worship music going. You'll be amazed at just the songs that are on the inside of them. Man, all of a sudden we'll be driving by and Max actually just started singing, I will build my life. He started singing it. Just started singing. It comes from within him. And that type of praise, it shuts the Satan's mouth. It's praise. How else do you defeat the enemy? You can't punch him. You can't see him. So how do I defeat it? What weapon do I got? I got praise. I got thanksgiving to God. It is the most powerful thing. And I want to show you the last example, then I'm done in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And then I encourage you to read this whole chapter. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Read the whole thing. Now, we kind of, it's, one of the disadvantages we have is we can read this and kind of go, yeah, that's the Bible though. But if you think about it, this, this is a real life situation where Israel was now surrounded by three different countries that wanted to demolish it. The Ammonites, Jebusites, something else. A couple of those armies that are in there. It's no different than all of a sudden the nation of Canada being surrounded. Now, U.S. is after it. Russia is after it. All of Europe wants to come after Canada. It's a pretty big deal. So, Jehoshaphat, he calls for a fast among all the nation, and he says, we're going to fast, and we're going to pray, we're going to stand before God, because, Lord, we don't know what to do. These people are coming after us. There's nothing I can do. So, verse 21 it says after consulting the people now notice what they did i know we know this story but think about this for a sec about to be demolished their families their herds everything being wiped out this is what the the, just before that uh jehazabel the prophet rose up and said do not fear for the battle is not yours but the lord's he'll fight this for you so after consulting all the people the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army Hey, Aaron, grab your keyboard. John, grab your guitar. Hey, Aaron, grab your drums. Judy, grab your microphone. Get up to the front. <laughs> this is the day, this is the day that the Lord, oh God, what is happening? You could be freaking right out. These guys got spears, they got swords, they got bow and arrows. They're coming after them. Send out the worship team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sing you to death. It, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> what is that going to do? To send the singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising Him for His holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 22. And at that very... I love those moments... At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting themselves. (laughs) The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. That would be fun to see. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, They began to attack, now, each other. So two teams gamed up against the one. After the one was gone, now they went after each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. The last two guys fighting each other stabbed each other at the exact same time. (laughs) Meanwhile, Eric's coming up, this is the day, this is the What is going on? Gone killed. (laughs) All they saw were dead bodies lying across. uh, Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. (laughs) It gets better. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather their plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. Is there a verse 26 on that? No, I think that's it. But you you can finish off the rest of it. It took three days. you got to move all these dead bodies out of the way. you got to take all the stuff off them. How did that happen? Did Israel lift up a sword? Do you see them coming after with their bow and arrow, with their start, sharp strategic planning? Did they come all after it? What did they do? They gave thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His love endures forever. This was a song that was on their lips. Where did they move from? They came out of this? And here they were. What is this place? This is a place of contentment. This is a place of, man, my God's got me. I I can see what He sees. I can hear what He's saying. I can see the blessings of God. I can see what He wants to do in my life. Why? Because I'm thankful. It's a position. And I don't have the verse on there, but last verse is Philippians chapter 4, 6 through 7. People quote this all day long. Be careful for nothing. Worry about nothing. Nothing. But in everything with prayer and thanksgiving make your request known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding with mountain guardian minds Christ Jesus. What's he saying? Get your care out of your prayer and be thankful. What is he doing? He's positioning you. That's all the Lord is doing. He's trying to get you into position because when you're over here, God's talking and you're going, "Why isn't he speaking?" He is. He is, He is, He's talking, He's leading, He's giving direction. But as long as we are in this mopey state, you are deaf to His voice. You can't hear it. Where can you hear it? Right over here. This is why some people are getting great help and some people are getting nothing. How come God seems to be helping those people, but He doesn't seem to be helping me? Get out of the moan zone. Everything's just so unfair. Yeah, life is unfair, but my mom always told me, but God is good. She said that to me all the time. Mom, it's just not fair that that happened. Yeah, life will never be fair. It doesn't say anywhere in this book that life's going to be fair. It's going to be hard, it's going to be a lot of trials and tribulations. The Bible said so. But God is good. He is good. He does not change. So what can I thank him for? I can thank him that he never changes. There's no shadow of shifting in him. He is always the same. He is always on my side. He is always for me. His blood has already been spilt. I am forgiven. His grace is more than enough. Lord, thank you for that. What does that do? It positions me now to hear what he's got to say. Remember what David did? I'm just going by what the Holy Spirit's saying now. What David did in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He came back from war only to come back, and all of the women, all of the children, all of the livestock were gone. Everybody, all of the wives were gone. So what did they do? They cried until they had no mere tears to cry. How that's a lot of crying. You bawl until there's nothing left. So what did they do? Finally, David said, man, okay, go get me the ephod, which was the prophetic mantle at the time. Go grab me that. So he took that thing, and what did he start to do? He started to encourage himself in the Lord. Lord you are so faithful I could just see him reciting the psalms that he wrote God you have never failed me when I was running away from King Saul when all those guys were after me God you never failed me you held on to me even when they almost took my life Lord Goliath when Jace just preached when Goliath was after me man you defeated Goliath on my behalf Lord thank you for that what did that do? it started stirring up something on the inside of him and then he says now Lord what should I do? And now he doesn't, you hear God go, oh, David, it's okay. Now he's in position. Hey, David, welcome. So good to be able to hear you. Here, see you. Go get him. David went with some of his men, and off they went, and they recovered everything that had been stolen. But how did they do it? Mumbling and complaining did nothing. All we see from the Bible, mumbling and complaining, you get killed in the wilderness. You just get left there. You get nothing. On this side, man, this is where everything is. David recovered all of that. All of his wives came back home. All of your kids came back home. Nothing was spoiled. Why? Because of Thanksgiving. So this, I want to give you a challenge. This week, take every single day, sometime throughout your day, to write down 10 things that you're thankful for today. Just start somewhere. If you're finding a hard time to be thankful for, start off by saying, thank God that I can brush my teeth. Start somewhere. Because let me encourage you, it'll take you to a whole other place where you start seeing life in a whole different perspective. God is good. He, he really is good. So then when it comes to worship time, it doesn't have to, I don't have to get four songs till I get into it. That drives me nuts. Why can't we just come in ready to go? It's because people aren't thankful. Aaron says, lift your hands. Doesn't she have anything else to say? Lift them up, church. We think that's funny, but you think of our Heavenly Father who gave everything. What's wrong with you? Get him up. Like, it should be just a, raise your hands. I did it first. Like, it should be an exciting thing. We get to do this. as the psalmist said, we get to worship God. It's a privilege for us. We get to. Everybody say, I get to. So let's just stand up for a moment. I'm done. I get to do this. So can we just take a moment for a sec? Let's take three minutes just to say thank you to him. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Yeah, Aaron, come on up. Girl, let's... We're going to send the worship team out first. (laughs) This is how I fight my battle. Aaron, they're really big. But this is how I fight my battle. I'm going to just get... We just start worshiping the Lord. This is who we are. So if you're facing something that's not easy, if you're facing something that is difficult, that is ungodly... Let me encourage you, don't let your mouth be silent. It's so easy to retreat and go, oh, but this is what's going on. Yeah, I, I get that. There, there's time for that. I, I totally understand that. But then there's times to shout. Then there's times to not lay down and just take a beating. Jesus designed for your life not to be up and down, but for to be consistently up here with him. How do we live a life full of God? It's thankfulness. Lord, thank you. I'm alive. Woo, I'm thankful that I got a church family that loves me. It says on the sign that I belong here. Okay, I believe that about them. Start somewhere. All right, let's just go ahead here. Why don't you? Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the Central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.